Thank you for streaming the audio messages of the Fountain Church. Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 18. I'm going to read out of the message version. If this is your first time, we're so grateful that you're here today. We've actually uh, embarked in a series last week entitled Light, Seeing Christmas Clearly. And really, uh, the, the heartbeat of this message is really a prayer. It's, it's what we've been praying for you, and it's what Paul prayed for the church in Ephesus. And he says this, message version, he says, I ask, ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the glory of God, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. Your eyes focused and clear. Everybody say focused. Everybody say clear. Another word there is enlightened. He wants our eyes to be focused and clear so that you can see exactly what he's calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of his glorious way of life he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust in him. Endless energy and boundless strength. I want to speak to you today from the subject of a brand new view. A brand new view. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, with great anticipation, just been praying that you move in our hearts this morning. That you'd move in this city. That you'd move in every church that's gathering right now. The Lord, you would breathe fresh wind and fresh fire and fresh life. God, some of our views have been a little bit skewed. But Lord, our prayer is that you would enlighten our hearts. That we would, our minds and our hearts would be focused and clear so that we can see exactly what you're calling us to do and all that you have for us. So, Lord, speak to us in a very real and tangible way this morning, in a way that only you can. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, it's Christmas time. How many guys love Christmas? Yes. Best time of year. I don't care what anybody says. If you're a Scrooge, man, you're gonna, it's going to be a rough season for you at this church. Um, but love the, Christmas, love the Christmas season. Now, whether you like it or not, uh, one of the, the main events or the main attractions revolving around Christmas in our culture and around the world, whether you like it or not, is this reality of toys. There's going to be a lot of toys bought this year. You guys know that, right? In fact, this year is projected to spend $678 billion during November and December. This does not include automobiles. This does not include food or gas. This is retail, ladies and gentlemen. This is up 4%. Last year was about, I think it was 674 last year. And so it's increasing 678 billion, many of which will be toys. Toys for kids and toys for grown-ups. But, but I, I did a little bit of research, and I wanted to, I was curious to see what, what was some of the top toys um, or what are some of the top toys that will be uh, hot on the market this Christmas? And let me show you the first one. Uh, this one is kind of interesting. It's called an LOL Big Surprise Ball. At first I was confused. If you don't know what LOL means, it means to laugh out loud. It's, it's texting language. And apparently you open up this sphere and there's three layers. And inside there's a bunch of little spheres or little balls where you open them up and there's a prize, but you don't know what it is. It could be a little trinket. It could be jewelry. It could be a ton of different things. You don't know. That's why it's called a surprise ball. 
I just thought, man, okay, not bad. Now, this one I kind of expected. Let me show you this next one. This is going to be a hot commodity, the Nintendo Switch. Now, when I was a kid, we were happy just to get a Nintendo, an Atari. Come on, going way back, right? But no, not, not anymore. Technology has gone to a whole other heights and brand new levels. And this thing, you can actually attach it to your TV, but if you want to go, you can pack it up and it comes with the screen so you could switch it from your TV to a portable pack. Amazing. It won't last that long. This next one is an all-time favorite. These never go out of style. Nerf guns. Now, now listen to me. If you are a married couple, can I just encourage you, you don't need to argue. Grab a couple of Nerf guns. I'm serious. You will be laughing in a quick 30 seconds the moment you guys start fighting around the house. Just get some Nerf guns. Marriage Counseling 101 today. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to improve your marriage, go get a Nerf gun. You'll have a blast. Some of you guys haven't laughed in a long time. It would be really, really good. Nerf gun. But, but let me take you back to 1985. This is when I was a kid. And uh, there was this, this transformer called Optimus Prime. Anybody ever heard of Optimus Prime? I was, we were happy to have a toy that transformed. Like this was, this was monumental. This was record-breaking. It turned from a, a man to a truck. You got two in one. Incredible. Optimus Prime doesn't get a whole lot of love today. But I want to really point you to one last toy. This toy actually made it to the Toy Hall of Fame. If you even knew there was a Toy Hall of Fame, there is a Toy Hall of Fame. And when I put this up there, if, if you're uh, from the younger generation, you might, if you're young at this point, you might not know this thing. Uh, but if you're a little bit up in years like I am, um, you would re remember a Viewmaster. Come on. I thought, man, I could preach this thing. You need to change the way you view the master, but I don't have time for that. But a view master, I mean, these things are, these things are incredible. View masters could change your perception of reality. In 3D. And then when you got tired of, of that atmosphere, you simply remove these little white filters and put a new one in, and you are on into another virtual event. Incredible. Now, I tried to pick up one of these things. They don't even make them anymore. There was, apparently, there was some, some lead and, and some stuff that was unhealthy for kids, so they, they don't make them anymore. But it's really, really cool. You would look through this, and as the light would reflect on the back end of it through these filters, you would in three dimension, a whole bunch of learning aspects from stories to dinosaurs, just incredible. Now, you say, why are we talking about toys? Because the truth is, is that many of us aren't going to be looking through a viewmaster this Christmas. We're just not. However, we all have a perspective on life, and that perspective on life is dependent upon the filter which we're seeing through. All of us are seeing through a different filter. Some of us are looking through the filter of our past. We're seeing through past relationships. We're seeing through past circumstances, hurts, pains, difficulties. And it doesn't even have to be bad. But some of us, that's how we're kind of viewing our, 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 current, our, our current perspective on life. For some of us, we're viewing through the filter of our current reality. It, it could be uh, moments of, of stress and anxiety. It could be difficult times that you find yourself 
filtering your life through in this particular moment. Now, again, it doesn't have to be bad filters. It could be good filters um, that's happening in your present. However, what's really important to understand is that the filter that you see through, whether it's your past or whether it's your future, the filter that you see through is going to have a huge impact on the way that you see your future. How you're looking at the past, how you're looking at the present is going to determine a whole lot how you see the future. And, And this is really important, really, really important, because as you guys have already seen, the filter through which we view life will drive the way we live life. The, few, the filter through which we view life will drive the way we live life. Now, I think Jesus said it best in Matthew chapter 6. He said it like this. He said, your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And Jesus is giving us the metaphor. Jesus is saying just how your eyes are the lens which our body receives light. So your heart is really the eyes of your soul. I love how John MacArthur put it. Look how John MacArthur put it. He said, the heart is the eye of the soul through which the illumination of every spiritual experience shines. It's through our hearts. That God's love, truth, peace, and every other spiritual blessing comes to us. When our hearts are, are, and our, our spiritual eyes are clear, then our whole body will be full of light. Meaning if the filter of our heart, if the eyes of our heart are seen through the proper filter, it's going to be a great season. But if the eyes of our hearts are filtering through an improper filter, it's going to be really difficult. And see, the, the, the truth of the matter is we need to understand what filter we're looking through. We need to understand. We need to lean in and pay attention to the filter in which we're viewing life. Now, now I think there's one filter that's always before us. I think it's a filter that many of us have participated in. Some of us are participating in it currently. But it's what we're going to call today the look at filter. It's where we simply look at everything that's going on around us. We look at our current relationships, we look at our past, we look at our financial situation, we look at our status or lack thereof, we look at friends and all that they have and all of their relationships, we look at our circumstances, we look at our mistakes, we look at our choices, we're so focused on looking at. Now, when you're seeing life through a look-at filter, It normally will lead you to a place of trying to control things. It leads to a place of fear, anxiety, greed, insecurity, because that filter has limits. It's limited by what we see, and it's limited by what's happening around us. It's limited by circumstance. Now, now you might be saying, that's great. I I can agree with you on, on that part. I've looked through the, the look at filter before, but what does this have to do with Christmas? Well, it has to do every, it has everything to do with Christmas. Because it was this first Christmas that, that God gave us a brand new filter to have a brand new view. It's, it's, it's Christmas where God gave us a brand new lens, a brand new filter to see Him, to see ourselves, and to see life in the world through. Now, last week we looked at, at, at Mary, and she kind of gave us 
um, her perspective and we walk through some of her experience during this Christmas story. If you missed it, you can catch that online. But today we're going to look at a different group of people. We're going to look at a group of people whose view of life was completely transformed when they came in contact with the God of the Christmas story. Their view was completely transformed of the way they saw God, the way they saw themselves, and the way that they began to see life. Now, we don't know a whole lot about these guys, but we do know a few things is that they weren't really religious people. You wouldn't find them in a synagogue or a temple. Matter of fact, they really had no idea what was, what was going on this first Christmas. They were simply doing what they always did, like good shepherds do, taking care of the sheep. Now, when we, we look at the shepherds in the Christmas story, it's kind of interesting because they're really doing life just like you and I. And they're looking through a look at filter. I mean, that's just what shepherds do. They look at their sheep. They look at how many sheep they have. They look at the grass or the lack thereof to graze. They look at or out for predators. They're looking at their financial situation. They're looking at their status, which isn't very good as shepherds in this day. They're looking at life, and and they're doing life together. And these guys are gathered on this Christmas night, on the very first Christmas. And some of them might have been sleeping while others are taking watch. But they were simply looking at life in a very normal, very average kind of a way until a moment where everything completely changed. And we're going to pick up in Luke chapter 2. If you guys have your Bibles, you can turn there. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8, says this. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep, when suddenly, I wanted to stop here for a moment, and I wanted to lean into this, that right now your circumstances currently may not change suddenly, but your perspective can. Like the things that you're walking through, the things that you're dreaming about, the things that maybe you're aspiring for, the things that are difficult, the things that are challenged may not change suddenly, though God can. Your filter can change in a moment's time. And it says, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. A lot of times when you see God's glory show up, it's very rarely that you see in the scriptures that people are experiencing God's glory in a very average way. When God's glory shows up, you never see anybody just kind of, hey, God, how you doing? Great to see you today. (laughs) It's a beautiful night, isn't it? No, when God's glory shows up, you guys have heard me say this before, but but this word glory is the manifest presence of God. And and what comes with that, or or the way that it's a, a lot of times translated in the Hebrew, both in the Hebrew and the Greek, is weight, heaviness. That when God's glory shows up, everything has to move. Everything is exposed. Everything lays bare. And so these guys are terrified. Like this doesn't happen every day. These guys are are freaking out. Continue. And it says this. It says, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news. That That will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah The Lord, this is the covenant name of the Lord. This is Yahweh. Messiah the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. Continue. And you will recognize him by this sign. 
you will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And then the angel goes on to say this. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others. And the armies of heaven praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. These shepherds, in a moment's time, suddenly went from looking at to looking up. It's interesting, this last week we got to get away to Tahoe. And uh, one of our dear friends graced us with a timeshare. How many of you guys know that is exciting um, when you get graced with a timeshare? Um, so if you have timeshares, we gladly receive them. Just wanted to <laughs> throw that out there. Um, but we were in Tahoe and really excited just to get away. We hadn't had a vacation this year, like a weeks-long vacation. It's funny, last year we did it in December, and this year we did the same thing. And uh, we get up there and we check into, um, we check into the place. And another couple was checked in right before us, and we're just excited. We're in Tahoe. It's beautiful. And so long story short, uh, we're getting ready to walk into the door. My kids are getting ready to burst out of their skin. They're in a hotel. My kids love hotels for whatever reason. I don't know. They love vacation. And so we go in, and there's just pure joy. It's beautiful. Our kids are jumping. They're grabbing on to dad. We're wrestling. We're just having a blast. The view is spectacular. It was like this country setting with a little bridge and covered with some snow. It just started to feel like Christmas. The fire was going. Just incredible. And then I get a phone call. I get a phone call. It says, hi, sir, is this Mr. Lacey? I said, yes, it is. He said, um, I just wanted to let you know that we have a 24-hour um, basically respect policy. I said, that's great. Um, how can I help you? He said, well, the neighbors downstairs were complaining that you guys were being, you know, excessively loud. And I said, listen, we just got in, and it's not a big deal. My kids were excited. My, I have great girls. They're going to have no problem moving forward. And, and he kept pushing it. So finally I said, do you want us to move? Yes, sir, that would be a great idea, right? <laughs> and so I said, hey, I, one of our core values here at Fountain Church, it's just not for the church, it's, it's for us. As our family, we're flexible, teachable, and extremely grateful. So, hey, not a problem. I'll be down there. We can check out, and I'll check back into another room. So long story short, I went downstairs, and I knocked on the door, and I said, hey, I just wanted to apologize. I guess we were overly loud and didn't want to disturb you. I just want you to know that we're going to be moving. And the guy basically looked at me and said, okay, close the door. Flexible, teachable, and extremely grateful. So we move, pack up all our stuff. Now, mind you, this was just a couple. They could have easily moved. We had just got done unpacking. We packed all our stuff and uh, grabbed the kids. It's freezing cold out. It's winter. And, and we, we go to, uh, to the other room. And so later on that evening, I was just bothered. I was like, man, he couldn't even say thank you. And right away, my wife starts to get spiritual on me. You know those moments where you don't want your spouse to get spiritual? She says, babe, she's like, for real? Look what God has done for us. Look where we're at. I mean, just pause and breathe for a moment. I went in that moment from looking at to looking up, and the environment of my heart completely changed. And so these guys, in a, in a moment's time, went from looking at to looking up, 
and their paradigm as they knew it, their filter as they currently were living in was completely shattered by a brand new view. I wonder how many of us this year have spent seeing our life through a look at filter. I mean, when you go back over the last 12 months, has it been a look up or a look at year? Now, now I, I don't want you to hear me saying that, that we're to, to look up and deny reality. I'm just saying that we don't have to let reality define us. But rather, we can let God define our identity. We can let God define our circumstance. We can let God define these things. Not deny them. Just let God define the way that we live. And something happens. Something happens when we go from looking at to looking up, we start to see through a brand new filter, and, it, and it's a filter today. If you're taking notes, I want you to jot this down, that I like to call wonder. It's a filter of wonder. I started thinking over this last week, looking in Tahoe and looking at the, the mountains, you can't help but just marvel. It's just majestic, powerful. And I thought... We've lost a lot of wonder in our life when it comes to God, when it comes to, to, to life in general. And so I started to think, as I looked at this Christmas story, that these guys began to see through a brand new filter. These guys had a brand new view. view. They began to see through a filter of wonder. And the first thing that really kind of shattered everything was they found themselves in wonder. If you're taking notes, jot this down, of how big God is. See how big the letters are? Pun intended. <laughs> of how big God is. And I wanted to really lean in on this point. I know we talked about being in awe of God a couple weeks back, but I, I feel like it's worth revisiting. Because imagine for those shepherds, in just a moment's time, suddenly, not only is the angel enough to appear and start speaking to you, but in that moment, a vast array of heaven shows up. The armies of heaven show up. And these guys go from mind blown to, what? Like the way that heaven was rejoicing the first Christmas, the way that heaven was seen through the filter of wonder the first Christmas. And if we lost, the filter of wonder of how big he is. Those shepherds got it that night. They got it real big. The glory of God, angel appears, starts speaking. A vast array of people and the armies of heaven start rejoicing at the reality of what's happening here on earth. I, I, I had this thought that what they saw in heaven that day probably shifted what they believed to be possible on earth. I mean, they went from, from their life of shepherds, which wasn't a very extravagant life, to encountering God in such a way that I, I bet you opened up brand new possibilities. I think that we need a fresh revelation of heaven in our life. I think that we need to, to, to see. I know the greatest reality of heaven that we found and we see in Christ. But I just think, man, we need a fresh 
revelation of heaven because the Bible speaks of heaven being our home. The Bible speaks that we're just strangers and sojourners here. But why sometimes are we so comfortable and familiar with here and not heaven? Like I started to think, can we really honestly pray, your will be done here as it is in heaven if we don't even know what heaven's about? Like, when's the last time that you prayed and declared, as it is in heaven, let it be so here on earth? I remember a, a, a story by Bill Johnson. He's a pastor up in Reading, and he wrote a book called When Heaven Invades Earth. And, and he tells a story where this started to become a reality for him. And there was a carnival that came through their city every year, and there was always a, a tent with a fortune teller in there. And he said, so... One day they're walking through, and it just kind of bothered him. And he said, you know, ah, this is not how it is in heaven. And God, you have given us this city. And so he said he just simply by faith, he said, I probably look ridiculous, but I just started to surround that place, like Pastor Chris said, like Jericho, and I just started praying. Lord, remove this, this power, Lord, remove this thing from our city. And he said nothing, you know, mystical or anything happened in that moment. The tent didn't fly up. She didn't take off to Oz. Nothing like that, right? <laughs> he said he just prayed until he felt like he was done, and he walked away. Well, the carnival lasted another week, but she was gone the next day. It's just, it, I just wonder, when's the last time you just dared to pray for something like that? And said, man, as it is in heaven, so it would be on earth. And I can give you all the theology behind that text. And all of that theology is going to point you to a resounding, a resounding reality that we need to understand heaven a little bit better. We need to understand that this is not our home. I just believe we need a fresh revelation of heaven. Of how big God is. Let me show you a picture. You guys ever heard of Andre the Giant? He's a big dude, right? Look at this kid's face. They're walking around in an airport, and he runs in. This kid is wandering around looking at everything around him, looking at everything that's going on, and then he stops and looks up, and his mind is blown. Like, when's the last time? In your time with God, did you look up and just have a sense of wonder like that? Of how big he really is. See, these shepherds not only were looking through a filter of how, a filter of wonder to see how God or experience how big God really is that Christmas, but they also were able to see through a filter of wonder. And if you're taking notes, I want you to jot this down of how he sees us. Like, you got, you, you got to remember for a moment, some of you guys may have had a look-up year. You guys got baptized. You surrendered your life to Jesus. Maybe you, you jumped into growth track. You got in, plugged into a small group. You've been on mission in your areas of influence. Maybe that's, you had a look-up year, but some of you, you didn't have a look-up year. Matter of fact, some of you, you're afraid to look up. Because you think God's not pleased with you. I'm afraid to look up because I, I feel like God's just exasperated with me. It's one of those years. 
or you kept trying and stumbling and trying or figuring it out and making mistakes here and you just feel like, I'm just, I just don't know if I can even look up. I'm kind of intimidated. I'm kind of, God, I just don't know how you view me or how you see me. Well, these shepherds, let me, let me give you a, a little bit of perspective from these guys. Now, these guys were considered very low class in this ancient culture. And, and from Jewish history, a couple of things we know about shepherds of this day was that they were unable to hold a political office, that their testimony would not even hold up in court, meaning this, they could have witnessed the murder, but if a shepherd said, I saw him, they would say, next. These guys were considered peasants and thieves. Many times what shepherds would do is they would, they were, they would be hired to, um, to tend somebody's sheep, and they would take the sheep off grazing way beyond the boundaries they would wait till the sheep's mate have babies. They would take those babies without telling the owner, sell those off, sell the wool. They were considered thieves, peasants. And, and you got to imagine the, the, the first proclamation of the birth of Christ does not come to the prominent, but comes to these shepherds. And I mean, it was like, here they are in the glory of God. Now, this is huge. Completely exposed. Like God sees everything. And God still says, you. Because, listen, I've made a way. You have no idea, little shepherds, what's going on here, but I'm making a way for you. In spite of all this, I chose you. Man, if we can just begin to see the way that God sees us, if we could this Christmas take another look at the way God sees us, oh my goodness, ladies and gentlemen, it can be a completely different Christmas for you. Let me show you this picture one more time. So look at Andre, this little boy. Naturally, we gravitate towards the child. But look at Andre's face. He's smiling at him. You know he's got a plane to catch. You know he's super busy. It's one of the most famous guys of his day. You can't miss him. Probably gets this all the time. But there's such a sense of grace, such a smile of just enjoying the moment, amazed at the wonder on this kid's face. And, and Christmas screams, ladies and gentlemen, that God is for you. Like the Christmas story screams that God is for If we can begin to understand the way that God sees us, it will change the way that we live. The way he truly sees us as a result of his son, God has made a way for you and I where he looks upon us with peace and favor. Not because we are awesome, but because he is awesome and has paid the ultimate sacrifice for you and I to not only be at peace with God, but experience the peace of God. It could be a completely different Christmas for you this year if you would understand the way that God sees you, the wonder of how he sees you. And lastly is this. I'm sure these guys were in wonder of how small he became. I just want you to lean into this for a minute. The angel said, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. The covenant name of God, Yahweh. And look what he goes on to say. He said, this will be the sign to you. You will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in snuggly, snuggly in strips of cloth, lying 
in a manger. The covenant name of God, the Lord, Yahweh. This is the great I am. This is the first and the last. This is the beginning and the end becomes a baby. A baby. C.S. Lewis says it like this. C.S. Lewis says, there was nothing more vulnerable and defenseless than the Son of God becoming a child. Than the God of all creation becoming a baby. You know, every other religion on the planet, Christianity separates itself in this one reality, is that God stepped out of heaven and emptied himself and became breakable. Like we could actually wound and hurt him. All for the sake of what? To be close to to you and I. All for the sake of what? For the sake of intimacy. See, it's something that we need to be in wonder that God became a baby. Now, in God's sovereignty and his plan, God knew how all this stuff was going to play out. He may have been breakable, but he was unstoppable. We may, may have been able to hurt him, but we would never be able to overthrow him. I mean, just get this. The God of all creation becomes an infant. There's so much wonder in that. Because God understands this baby would grow up, and like many of us, he would be betrayed. He'd be falsely accused. He'd be rejected by those closest to him. He'd be abused verbally and physically. See, this, this, the reality of Christmas says that God is not as far away from your story and your life as you think. He became a baby, vulnerable for one purpose, of being intimate with you and I. Are you guys catching that? There should be a little bit of wonder in that. There should be a little bit of awe in that reality. And, and so, so, so here, here's, here's my charge to us as a church, that as we move forward into this, this new year, I want to start something now that, that we're going to be a look up church, not a look at church, that we're going to be a church that looks up. Come on, I want you to finish strong this year. Listen, maybe you've been looking at the whole year, but now it's time to make a shift. Now God wants to give you a brand new view. Suddenly, this moment, this day, this hour, your circumstances might change, might not change immediately, but suddenly your perspective can. Suddenly your filter can if we would just get our gaze from looking at and if we would start looking up. For some of you, simply that means you've been a little bit distant, not really sure how to connect with God. Stop looking at and jump in to step two today with Pastor Chris and just get a refresher of what it looks like to be passionately in love with God and how to live a life that can sustain that. I want you to finish strong this year. You know, the average person only attends, the devoted Christian attends church once a month now. Let's, let's not be a look at church. Let's be a look up church. Like, listen, I want you to prepare your hearts now. I want you to prepare your hearts now. 
for January because we're doing 21 days of fasting and prayer. Why? Because we're going to give God not just the first fruits of our money and our tithe. We're going to give him the first fruits of our year. Saying, God, we need you. We, de- we depend upon you. God, we can't go without you. We want you to make our eyes focus and clear so we can see exactly what you've called us to do. We are not going to be a look at church. We are going to be a look up church. But here's the deal. We are the church. So make a decision today. Make a decision today. Say, man, I'm no longer going to look at circumstances. I'm going to, listen, I'm not going to deny, I'm I'm not going to deny reality, but I'm going to let God start to define some of these things. I'm going to let God define how how everything's going to play out. I'm going to let God define who I am. And I'm going to live through the filter of wonder that God is birthing in me today, in us, afresh today, as he did with these shepherds. In wonder of how big he is, in wonder of how he sees us, and in wonder of how small he became, emptying himself so that he could be close and intimate to us. If that does not build your confidence in the God whom we serve, you need to look again, not at, but up. Because the filter through which we see life drive the way we live life.